Hey listeners, welcome back to another episode of Being at Work. Well, this is my favorite kind of episode because my guest is someone I absolutely love and adore. And we're talking visioning today. It's that time of year, end of year. A lot of people are thinking about goal setting, New Year's resolutions. And I have such a passion around thinking about your year ahead in terms of a bigger picture vision. So I invited my colleague, Amanda. Amanda is the VP of Client Experience at HRD and also someone I love so much and have worked with now for many, many years and just have a ton of respect for. She's one of the smartest people I know and just leads her life in all areas of her life, leads her life so well. So Amanda, thank you for being a part of this conversation and let's talk visioning. This is a really, as you said, a great time in the year. Lots of people are thinking about next year and not just goals, but this bigger picture, where am I headed? And it's really fun for me to be asking you some questions and learning from you because you are definitely a vision role model of mine. <laughs> I mean, you, you talk about your vision more than anyone else. You probably spend time on your vision more than anyone else. You literally have, you know, your notebook that has it, that you carry it with you everywhere. And so this is really cool to just hear a little bit more about your four-step process, which I know you outline in, in your book, The Power and the Pivot. And I just love to hear a little bit more about the steps and then ask some questions about the steps as you share. So what about if we start there? Can you kind of high level go over the four steps and then we'll just ask some questions even about like what it really feels like in reality. Yeah. And the in reality part is important because as you say, I am naturally visionary. Futuristic is one of my top five strengths themes. I can't remember a time in my life where I didn't go to sleep imagining the future in some way. I tell stories. I think about possibilities. I think about travels. I've seen myself on stage. I get a lot of energy from thinking about the future, but I know that not everyone does. And part of why I wanted to have this conversation with you is because I so trust you to bring a different perspective. And so I would love for you to challenge some of the thoughts and ideas today, because I know that it's a th this topic is not an easy one for a lot of people. A friend of mine recently said to me, I get really annoyed by you talking so much about vision. I, I, I don't get that. But what's interesting is... So this this idea of a long-term vision, zooming out to zoom in, you know, I first really got my arms around this in about 2007 when I read this book called Breaking the Rules, Removing the Obstacles to High Performance. The researcher, Kurt Wright, who wrote the book, he talks about how a lot of people set goals backwards. They set goals from a place of lack or, or ickiness, like, an example I always use that we can all relate to is weight loss. You know, so, so many people will start a diet or a weight loss campaign because their genes don't fit or they don't like the way they look in the mirror or they're not feeling great. And so it's starting something from a place of, which isn't going to help us get on a roll. And so he, he says to get out of obstacle thinking, we have to go out beyond where obstacles exist. And the research shows it takes most people seven years before they no longer can name obstacles in their lives. And so I always encourage a 10-year vision because there are things 10 years out that we know. We, we can all name, okay, here's how old I will be. Here's how old the people in my life will be. So 
it's almost like a phase of life that you can start to paint a picture around. And then from there say, okay, if that's what I want my life to look like in 10 years, what am I going to start doing this year or today to get closer to that? So that's step one, right, is go out beyond. So even as, you know, here we sit in December 2022, you know, we're doing this right now within our business, right, setting goals for the next year. Leaders individually all over the world are thinking about what do I want for 2023? Well, we serve ourselves well by going out and first thinking about what does 2033 look like? Man. What mm-hmm. is that phase of my life? I mean, think about you, Amanda. You have three young kids. So how old will Edward, Eleanor, and Ellis be in 2033? <laughs> 17, 15, and 13. Yeah. And so I just got chills when you said that. And Me so too. think about the power in, okay, because you know that that time is going to be upon you so quickly. But so think about the things that you're doing today to set up the relationships that you want to have with your kids at those ages. It gets you out of the uck and the ickiness of today and some of the challenges and lets you think about the possibilities in a new way. I like the way to think about that because it's about nurturing the relationship that I want to have with them in 10 years. You know, same thing with our business, like nurturing the relations we have with our client, nurturing our team members so that we can show up in the way that we imagine in 2033. It's a great way to think about it. It's responding from what you want versus what you're getting, which is a very different response in a lot of cases. So that's step one, right, in the visioning process, going out 10 years. And why is it that leaders struggle with that because we take leaders through through a process in thinking about what it is they want and we get a lot of resistance. We get a lot of angst and anxiety. Help me understand because I, I don't understand that. I get energy from that. But why is it that that's so anxiety producing for so many leaders? Well, you know, you mentioned just right at the beginning, futuristic is one of your strengths. You know, Clifton strengths, 34 possibilities for what are your top strengths. And futuristic, of course, is that gives you energy. It's your lens. It is how you are viewing the world in terms of possibilities and what could be way down the road. When I think about people who, for instance, have... Um, activator is one, for instance, I mean, action, right, is in the name. They want to see things off of their to-do list. And so it's hard for them to release that and look forward when there's a little less control about what they might actually be able to accomplish. And so I think, I mean, it it truly is, you know, again, you said gives you energy. It is a gift. It is a strength of yours. And others just don't get that same energy unless they know exactly what they're going to do by the end of today. That's where I think facilitation and coaching is helpful in the process because we can help them break it down and do things that alleviate some of that anxiety, like chunking it, like you're describing, and even helping them to focus on, okay, what do you know, (laughs) right? Maybe if you start there, like like the age thing. I notice that always helps people a little bit. I wonder too, and I... I admittedly reread chapter 12 in your book as we were preparing for the conversation. And I wonder also if there is this barrier of like, maybe people don't think they deserve to say what they want to come into fruition. 
I mean, you know, you hear a lot of leaders that just, they, they are just, you know, pounding the pavement every day. They're going to work, they're serving their teams and aren't thinking about, oh, well, here's what I deserve or what I want to create. They're just like, well, someone's telling me I should do that. That's interesting. So they just, they're living in such a reactive way, reacting to everything versus, yeah, giving themselves credit for creating. Well, that's interesting. So part of it, I think, is a mindset because I'm making some assumptions, aren't I, in putting this model out there. I'm assuming that people get that they're creating their life. And that's just, that's been one of those concepts. I don't remember anyone teaching that to me. Like, I, I think my parents modeled it, particularly my mom. But I've just always gotten that, that I've always had this sense of I'm based on how I'm thinking about things. I'm shaping them. And there's so much power in that mindset. For sure. And going back to this friend that I mentioned that said she was so annoyed, I think there's some insight in her perspective. Because so this is someone, one of my very best friends, I've known her for many years. And a few years ago, I took a group of friends. We were doing some like goal setting, development, growth work. And so I asked them all, like, could I take you through this visioning process? And yes, yes, of course. Well, she admitted to me recently just how annoying that that was to her. <laughs> she didn't get it. She said even her and her husband would be like, oh, God, what in the world are we doing? And she said, you know, we love you and we trust you. And you were so enthusiastic about it. So we went ahead and did it. She said, but that was a couple of years ago. And she said, I recently read the book and that chapter, Amanda, that you're referencing. She said, and for whatever reason, for the first time in my life, I feel inspired to write a 10-year vision, to create a 10-year plan. She's like, I'm not sure why now. She's like, but I feel so energized by it. And I, I've already started the questions that you are asking in the book. I've already started answering those. And so it got me thinking about timing also. I think about a couple of years ago, she was in a pretty challenging relationship issue and struggling through that. And so maybe not having the headspace to come up that this the noise was too overwhelming for her at that time that could point might be scary for some folks wherever they are yeah and she also said in that interaction she said but i'm glad she's like i don't know if i would be as energized today if i hadn't had those seeds planted in the past so it was a good reminder to me as a facilitator and a coach it's this balance of meeting them where they are and encouraging them through our own experiences and letting them do with that what they need to based on where yeah, they are. Yeah, for sure. Now, what would you have said in the moment? Let's say she and her husband, you're at this group experience. And what if she said, you know, like, you know, Andrea, I'm just going to do this part. How do you respond to that in the moment? Well, there's a difference between what's happening inside of me and what I've learned to do as a coach and a facilitator. So I probably feel like some internal heat <laughs> and frustration and like, come on, just freaking do it. And then, of course, ask some questions. What are you thinking? What does resonate? Is there anything in the process that does feel doable or helpful? Or what's important to you right now? I've struggled with leaders through the 10-year, even talking about three years out or five years out. Just chunking it a bit more is helpful. So asking, I, I would just ask some questions to understand their perspective. Because both can be true. I mean, part of the reason I talk so much about this is it is such an integral part of my life and has been such a game changer for me. I believe in it wholeheartedly. It's not something that I've tried once or twice or 
I mean, it, you're right. I mean, right sitting right next to me is my 10-year vision. It is always here, right? Every single Sunday, I'm reading it. I'm writing my focus areas for the week. I base my 2023 goals off of that 10-year plan. I wouldn't not use it now. So that can be true right next to someone struggling with it. And I'm learning to let both of those be okay. Because even in my marriage, where I introduced the concept to Robert when we first got married, and he he's adopted it, but in his own way. And I think that's what it's all about, isn't it? It's figuring out the systems that work well for us. So think about 10 years from now, what about this idea that like some things might not exist, you know? So, and thinking about even like how specific versus just concept oriented should we be? So like if in 2008, if I had said, I want to be the CEO of Blockbuster, like, well, that doesn't exist anymore. Right. So like, (laughs) how specific should I be as I'm thinking about crafting that vision I love that question. So I, my my idealistic response is it is your vision. You can name it and create whatever it is you want to create. That's the big answer. You know, starting with like, where will I be in my life? If I think about, because I've, I've been thinking a lot about 2033, just in the concept of my 2023 goals. And I keep thinking about, I mean, because I've gotten to a point in my life in 2033, I'll be 57 years old. And so, and and Mason will be 30 years old. She could potentially have a baby, right? And so for the first time in my life, I'm starting to think about, you know, the work that I do just in the context of like being much more mobile and flexible. And so it's fun. So that's where I think it's good to start with, like, where will you be? If being the CEO of Blockbuster fits into that, then go for it, you know? So the specificity, I mean, it's a hard question. I think the individual has to answer that question. How specific do you want to be? How important is something is something to you? So I, I wrote into, maybe this is helpful, Amanda, several years ago, maybe like, maybe 2016 or something. It hasn't quite been 10 years ago, but about 2016-ish, I wrote into my 10-year vision because this is... Every year, I update my 10-year vision. I'll enhance, massage. And I've gotten to the point the last couple of years where I've not made major changes. But in 2016, I wrote into my plan that I wanted to lead multiple growth and empowerment organizations is how I named it. And so if I think about today, you know, I'm leading next-gen talent. I'm leading HRD. I'm leading HR innovation circles. I'm leading the being at work community. It's playing out in lots of ways, right? So maybe that helps just in terms of your bigger picture goal and where you'll be in your life and creating it from that point. Yeah, because if you can if you can put the guardrails out there, right, some parameters on what you want to create, then it, it will take shape in a way that you maybe haven't imagined. Like I think about you know, this podcast, I mean, in, in like 10 years ago, I mean, probably podcasts they existed 10 years ago, but I was not listening to them 10 years ago. And there certainly were not as many people producing podcasts 10 years ago and not naming here how I'm going to make it big and get my voice out there. And that's the thing about the 10-year vision. It requires a, a really strong trust in life. I know that if I put it out there, there is energy around that 
And the life is going to shape and work in a way that is aligned with that. That's the real power in naming something. You, you don't have to know the how it's going to happen. There, there's some things, Amanda, that um, are, you know, are happening within our, our business right now that are kind of fuzzy to me. And as I've processed through that, I keep coming back to like, I don't have to know the how. My role as a leader is to get really clear on the why, the spirit behind it, and the vision, and let the cards fall. Because what has my experience, my life experience has shown is that they will fall in the direction of the vision I cast every single time. And you call it out in the book, and it's like one of my favorite phrases as well is, when you know your priorities, when you know what you're saying yes to, it's really easy to say no. And so knowing your vision helps you to understand, like, no, I don't need to, to say yes to that because I'm saying yes to the bigger picture that I'm headed towards down the road. Yeah. And without that, what are you saying yes to? I mean, that, I guess that gets back to the reactive nature versus the responding nature. Being empowered, even just right before this call, I got a text message from someone so you and I both do the, the top three, right? Every week, based on our, our bigger picture goals and vision, we say, these are my top three focus areas for the week. So I do the same thing every morning, just based on my top three for the week. And it, I mean, it takes me like maybe 30 seconds to do that, right? But it's intention. It is intention for the day. So we were getting on and podcasting is a, a priority for me today. And I was just getting ready to get on this call. And I got a text message about a client engagement. And I just, with a lot of confidence, texted back and said, you know, I have a very full week and I have my priorities determined. I'll connect with you on this next week. And it felt so good, which you know is really hard for me. I want to be yes to everything. But um, having that focus, I think that garners respect and credibility also when we're able to do that. Yeah, we even talked about that in terms of, you know, building healthy teams is this idea of like, Say, say yes, and I can do that for you next week. Or yes, when it fits into my priorities, that's when you will have my full focus, my full attention. And that, yeah, that feels good both to say that and to hear it. Oh, I'll have your full attention next week. Awesome. So we talked a lot about casting the long-term vision. And then after we look out far at that vision, we have a second step though, because we talked about zooming out. How do we zoom it back in a little bit in step two? Well, that gives us such clear direction to say, okay, if this is what I want my life to look like in 2033, what are my commitments? What are those focus areas for 2023? That helps us get on a roll because it's coming from that bigger picture, that that place of possibilities that's aligned with what we really do want. And I like, I outline this in the book, but I like to think holistically I mean, I think particularly the world in which we're living in, in today, our lives are much more integrated into our our work lives. And so I, I think about it in terms of six categories. I think like my spiritual, my faith life. I think about my family relationships. I think about my career. I think about my social relationships. So those are my friendships. I think about my health as a fifth category. And then the last thing I think about, so again, if, we, if, we're, if we're going out to 2033, it's like, okay, if this is in those categories of my life, if that's the picture, what is my financial responsibility? How much money am I going to need to be earning to ensure that that's a reality? Those five things. So then same thing for 2023. 
okay, based on that, what are my financial goals this year? And that helps me then narrow it. So I have no more than two to three goals for the year in each of those six areas. And that's something that's then that's with me all year. And then every every Sunday, my process, and again, my process, everyone's got to figure out what works for them. But I look at the long-term and the short-term goals and say, okay, what am I going to do this week that's aligned with those things to just ensure that I'm really committing to those focus areas. I tell a story in the book about the first time that I did this process was in 2007, and Mason was five years old at the time. I was just a couple of years post-divorce, and I was working for a consulting business. And when I wrote my 2017 plan, and that's just crazy to think about. I mean, it feels like it was so long ago, but it 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 went so fast. But I the, the three areas that I gave a ton of energy to was I really wanted to have my own consulting business. I really wanted to be in partnership with in a relationship that I had never I never had before. But again, I was freed up to dream, so I imagined the possibility of the marriage partnership I could have. And then I spent a lot of time thinking about my relationship with Mason, who in 2017 would have been 15 years old, and what that relationship would look like. And at the time, you know, it felt she was five. And so it felt really weird to think about this 15-year-old, but I did. And I got really clear on those three things. And so not surprising when 2017 rolled around. In those three areas, my life looked very much like what I had written down in 2007. I don't think that's accident. I think that's intentionality and focus. Now, there were a lot of things I wrote into that plan that didn't come to be. I didn't give focus to those things like I did those three. Yeah, great point. You always say focus equals growth. Right. Where you put focus, that's where your energy goes. Good point on bringing it back. We've got the long-term vision and then we've got the short-term vision. And then the, the next step, which you just heard me to describe, is bringing it to life, bringing your vision or your goals to life. You know, ha- having a top three. And I'll just say, I mean, we, we do that in our business. You know, you and your team members and your peers also do a top three. And the focus that that brings, the visibility that that brings to all of us. What does that do for you as a leader, having that top three? Well, to your point, I mean, those two words resonate with me, focus and intentionality. So as as we talk about strengths, discipline is not a strength of mine at all, but it does. It provides me structure. But I will say this, I mean, integrity is one of my top five values. And so it's a really great way for me to hold myself accountable to doing what I said I would do, doing what I believe is the most important thing for my team and for the business particularly when there are times that I don't want to do that. I'd rather be with people. I'd rather be facilitating. I'd rather be collaborating with clients and doing sort of more creative and connection things. But I still need to do, you know, an audit of all of our materials and make sure that they have, you know, updated branding and make sure that the facilitator guides are ready so that anyone can step in and serve clients with excellence. So it it helps me to, to determine... Yes, like what is most important this week and also to the ability to say no to things. Yeah. Well, and and all of those things, I mean, you're making the point about the connection to the bigger picture because all of those things, like the detail, disciplined activities that aren't perhaps always natural, 
there's a big why behind those because they're very much aligned with our growth, our growth vision. Well, and what I love too, I'm sure you ask yourself this question when you get my top three every Friday, and I do the same thing when I get my team's top three is, do they understand where we are headed? Because if they are, if I do yeah. see they're spending time on certain things, you know, I can say like, hey, and it, it, it happens pretty frequently. I'll write back. I'll say, hey, tell me a little more about, you know, this on your top three and, you know, how that fits into your role in the next three months or the clients you're serving. And that tells us what certifications should we be getting or what time should we spend watching this TED Talk or listening to this podcast, diving deep into this book. And so it, it does really help me to make sure my team is aligned with where we're headed. Absolutely. It's a great connection point. Such a great tool for leaders. That's the very, the last step of the four-step process then is talking about the vision and goals ongoing, which is exactly what you're describing. So they're sharing their top three with you and it gives you a great conversation piece around how what they're doing is aligned. Now, I do have to ask this question though. I know you share so much with the Being at Work community. Your vulnerability is, is off the charts. So you have to tell us what was the visual for Robert? I have it. I have a vision board that has Robert on it. And what's so great about it is it, it's not a face. I had seen a picture of a man in a magazine and he has like just nice dress shirt, nice dress pants and a tie. The sleeves are rolled up. I could tell he was kind of muscular, like looked like he took care of himself. It just really resonated. So it's more like a torso picture. <laughs> But I also have on that aligned values are on that. And I, I wanted us to, there are lots of things in our marriage that are growth points for both of us. I mean, that's like, that's what's great about being in marriage, right? Is you're learning so much. But at our core and at our foundation, we are so aligned, both very growth oriented, both like really wanting to be our best in all aspects of our lives. And and so I had I had put that on the board and that's that's the image that's the image no one's ever asked me that i need to go get that because i've still got that board that's awesome and share that yeah, i love that because it's i think it's powerful right and that's why step three is bring the goals to life and as you say a lot of people roll their eyes or like oh my gosh this is woo woo at the vision board i mean okay if if that's what you believe you know my experience has been there is power in the visual. There's power in the image. It gives me something tangible to connect to every day. I love my vision boards. So every year I do a vision board based on the goals that I put in that annual vision. And not surprising, like the, my 2022 board has reference to being an author. There are books. And I've looked at that every single day this year. And so all the time when I didn't want to write or I didn't want to get up early or I would much rather <laughs> go have a beer with a friend than do some writing, <laughs> there are the images staring me down. <laughs> and I think some people aren't as visual. You and I are very visual people. And so that resonates with us. And so that's why I call it bring the vision to life. Like maybe for you, it's another artistic outlet or maybe it's talking about it or writing it down, like whatever that is for you, bringing it to life is the key. Yeah, particularly like I think about Karen on her team, you know, she calls herself a, a certified word nerd. Hers might be all words and meanings of words and you know, even like mind map type thing. And yeah, but she would still be doing the same activity 
it's going to connect with her. It's going to resonate and it's going to bring power to the vision that she has. That's the key. Well, this is so good. Here's to 2023 and beyond. I'm so grateful that I get to do it all with you. What a joy and a gift you are. Thank you for always encouraging my heart. Thank you for challenging me to be better every single day. I, I love you and I'm so grateful for you. I couldn't agree more. Thanks for having me. And 2033 is right around the corner. What's going to be fun is this is going to be archived. And in 2033, I can send this to you. You will be thinking about your kids and how old they are and what those relationships are. So it'll be fun to reflect back on that. Absolutely. When you get to that point, it's going to be here before you know it. Yes, it will. (laughs) Here's to 2033. Here's to creating. Thank you for joining us for this episode. Please subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast to never miss a being at work story. 